This is Ian Donaldson, and I want to welcome you to the latest episode of Horty Springer's Health Law Expressions, the podcast where we tackle the hottest topics in healthcare law. Today, we're going to discuss what may be the absolute hottest issue out there, physician burnout. And when we talk about burnout, what we mean is that breakdown that occurs when all the stressors that are out there lead a physician to a point of unrecoverable stress, emotional exhaustion, and often to leaving the practice of medicine. Those stressors can be many, demanding work schedules, time pressures, the emotional intensity of the job, and family obligations as well. These all play a part. And when you throw in an environment where physicians report feeling that they've lost autonomy and control over their practices and that their contributions feel like they've lost their value or that their work is meaningless, well, it's no wonder that we have a problem. And it is a big problem. Medscape recently did a survey and found that 42% of respondents felt burned out with critical care, neurology, family medicine, OBGYNs, and internal medicine coming in as the five most impacted specialties. Results of this survey were fascinating because the respondents self-identified how their condition impacts the care they provide, noting things like that their burnout caused them to fail to actively engage with their patients and peers and other staff members, that it would make them more apt to express frustration in front of others, and overall that it would lead them to be less friendly and less professional. Not surprising when you think of these effects that another recent surveyor of healthcare executives and clinical leaders found that 96% of them reported burnout as being a big problem because they are often in the position of having to deal with the aftermath of those effects. And as self-reported in that Medscape survey, the effects of burnout can be substantial and severe. On the professional side, burnout is attributed to increases in medical errors and near misses, increased in turnover, absenteeism, in decreases in everything from professionalism to patient satisfaction. On the personal side, and this is really tragically, that you see this epidemic leading to everything from increases in divorce to increases in risk of suicide and self-harm. So again, this is a serious, serious problem. And we are often asked as medical staff leaders, what, what can we really do to get after this one and to help our colleagues who may be experiencing this condition? On a macro level, we've seen some success through the implementation of educational programs. Not that these are going to be cure-alls for an individual who's experiencing burnout, but it certainly is helpful to raise awareness of this issue amongst your medical staff. These broad educational goals can reinforce things like being on the lookout for a colleague who may be experiencing burnout, But the real benefit comes from the fact that you've now opened the door for feedback from the physicians and other practitioners who are on your medical staff. And through this feedback loop, they'll be able to offer you input and observations on what are the factors unique to our institution that are contributing to burnout. Once you start receiving this feedback, you can then be a driver for change in terms of removing those sources of frustration and inefficiency that you learn about. Prime example would be your EMR. Every hospital is different, and every hospital is going to have different pinch points that contribute to burnout, but no matter how different you are, I can almost guarantee that your EMR is going to be identified as one of those points of frustration at your hospital. And there's a lot of research linking the time sink that goes into using the EMR with burnout. And this happens for a number of good reasons. First and foremost, 
you just are going to have some population of your physicians, some some composition of your medical staff that doesn't understand or know how to efficiently use the EMR. There's just too many workflow options. They didn't get the training that they needed. Whatever it is, there's going to be some segment that struggle to use that EMR effectively. Then you're going to have other physicians who you know, have mastered what you've done, have taken all the training that's been available that understand it, but it still just takes too long. It's well understood that EMRs were not always or ever uh, designed with clinicians in mind, and that makes it extremely difficult for physicians to work efficiently, again, even when they are totally engaged with the training and outreach opportunities that you've made available to them. As a result, the EMR just requires too much time and too much energy, but it is something that you have to do. So as someone in your leadership role, where does that leave you? Well, we think you could make an effort to identify first that population of those physicians who don't know how to efficiently use it and try to get them targeted training. For the broader audience, including those who have done all the training and have a good understanding but still struggle, try to identify what are the factors that are making this a painful process for them and is there a way to promote change to fix those things. I know that's easier said than done, but if it's even little simple things like Can we identify, is it an issue with alerts that are sort of annoying and holding up our physicians if they're being constantly interrupted by them and they're unnecessary, right? Is that somewhere we could make headway? Are there tasks that other members of the healthcare team could really be doing in lieu of the physician to save some wear and tear on your physicians and the time that they are required to dedicate towards completing their medical records? And we've also seen organizations make real changes by promoting the use of scribes and voice recognition technology. So there is opportunity here. On a micro level, we need to be aware of potential warning signs. Depression, anxiety, disillusionment, avoidance, lack of attention to detail. If this is someone who's been a strong contributor to your medical staff, someone who you've looked at as a superstar, or at least someone who's never caused any issues, and now all of a sudden they've fallen into this sort of perpetual state of despair, or you know, after 10 years of, again, being a good citizen, now all of a sudden they're sort of out of the blue, ex- coming up on your radar for professionalism issues, this might be somebody who you really need to strongly consider intervening with. And as it comes to that issue and managing the micro practitioner specific concerns, we're seeing a couple of trends here. Uh, Traditionally, we may have referred someone like that to a practitioner health committee or our leadership council, but we're seeing more medical staffs at least consider and in many cases adopt committees that are focused specifically on this burnout issue whether they call it a well-being committee or we've even seen we're going to have a burnout task force or a burnout working group. These bodies have a different perspective and orientation regarding some of the traditional groups that you have on your medical staff to deal with health issues. Whatever the body is, you want to make sure that they understand their charge and that they're well-equipped with the tools they need to manage these difficult issues by providing them good guidance in your medical staff documents and policies. With that, We thank you for sharing your time with us, and we hope this was helpful to you as you head back out into the real world. Thank you again for joining us, and take care. 